Hello and welcome to episode three of the Victorian Aboriginal News Referendum 23 Tapes podcast. I'm your host, Charles Parker. Victorian Aboriginal News acknowledges and pays respect to traditional owners and custodians across Australia. We acknowledge the elders who have gone before, those who currently lead their communities and those who will follow in years and generations to come. Joining me today on the Referendum 2023 Tapes podcast is Nicole Findlay, a campaigner who brings to the table over 20 years' experience and commitment to working with First Nations people and communities to further reconciliation and self-determination. That experience encompasses working with and guiding local governments, reconciliation networks, employment services, health, education, disability and justice organisations. Currently, she serves as the Chief Executive Officer of Reconciliation Victoria and joins me today to discuss where that organisation and its satellite groups across the state stand on the matter of a First Nations voice to Parliament. Nicole, thanks for coming onto the program today. Thank you for having me, Uncle Charles. Before we get into discussing the referendum and a First Nations voice to Parliament, Victoria is actually quite a complex state when it comes to First Nations matters of concern. It lagged behind other states when it came to stolen gens reparation, yet leads the nation in treaty and, with the Uruk Justice Commission, truth-telling. So where does reconciliation, Victoria, fit into this particular landscape? So Reconciliation Victoria has always been a strong supporter of self-determination for First Peoples. And we applaud the, the state government for improving the way that it works and engages with traditional owners and First Peoples to jointly determine and develop policies that support truth-telling and to help advance treaties in Victoria. Look, RecVic has always played a really active role in promoting the activities and resources of the Uruk Commission and the First Peoples Assembly of Victoria. So we've got great relationships with both of these authorities and we know that our 97% of non-Indigenous audience are very interested and supportive of truth-telling and treaties. So that's some of what we do. We also support reconciliation and truth-telling in schools, and we do this by partnering with Aboriginal cultural and content experts to deliver webinars and resources to educators across the state. Uh, we also work with local governments through the lens of the Victorian Aboriginal and Local Government Strategy and through our RecVic Magalie website. We work with the 79 local governments across Victoria to share best practice and also to increase awareness about the VELG strategy, which this is also, you know, very unique to the Victorian landscape. This is one of the most progressive local government strategies across the country in that it proposes and invites local governments to develop five-year self-determination local action plans with traditional owners and First Peoples in their municipality. So we very much support that. The other thing that we obviously do, we are a part of a national and um, 
local, state-based uh, local reconciliation networks. So we join up with all the state bodies with Reconciliation Australia, Rec South Australia and so forth. And so we mm. also work with 24 local rec groups across Victoria. Now, again, they're very unique local reconciliation groups to Victoria only one other state has local reconciliation groups and we work closely with them to basically share the truth-telling and treaty advancement developments so that we get right into metro and regional areas where we still know lots of work needs to be done. Now, yeah. since 2019, and one of the interesting things I do particularly appreciate about Reconciliation Victoria, the organisation has relied heavily on its Cultural Council of First Peoples uh, that includes a number of significant cultural and community leaders from across the state. What advice have you and your team received from that council on the matter of the referendum that may well be happening later in the year? We've received really good support. So the First Peoples Cultural Council for Reconciliation Victoria is uh, made up of nine very strong um, leaders, being um, senior elders as well. Um, the elders have unanimously um, supported the voice referendum. They also have taken the important role of obviously questioning the detail, ensuring that we understand it, but fundamentally we all agree that the key principles of the Uluru Statement from the Heart of Sovereignty, Justice and Self-Determination cannot be argued. That's exactly what our position is and we all unanimously support that. So we have put together in consultation together a, a really strong position statement and that is now out public for everybody to view that, to understand that. So look, Reconciliation Victoria has always been ready and willing to support this. Mm -hmm. Have you had much request for information from local governments for further information on the referendum and on the various aspects, the yes and the no campaigns? Well, through the Magalie website, obviously we share information about uh, what is happening with the national campaigns and those developments which are unfolding. What we know is that out of the local governments across the country, that 38, I think it is, or 39, have signed a mayor petition to show their support for the Uluru Statement. There is a difference to signing a letter and saying this is how you support. What we are asking of Victorian local governments is to formally show their support with actions. And we know that three local governments in Victoria have, out of the 79, have ventured down that path. Which is a fairly small number, Nicole. Oh, three out of 79 absolutely. is fairly abysmal. So that's Geelong, Banyul, and the third one is... And Bayside. And Bayside. Bayside. Why so few? I think it's about formalising the the support. So one thing, it's really easy to get online and sign a petition, which most of them are prepared to do. But when you ask them to then sit down with their councillors and their constituents and say, well, what are some practical actions that we can show our support? I think it comes down to them truly understanding the propositions and the invitation that it is in the detail of the Uluru Statement. And I think there's a little bit of... 
oh, well, what are some of those practical actions? They're really quite simple actions and they can be from holding information sessions to putting a, an email signature out or putting things up on your intranet for your staff and or on your website. They're things that are simple and practical like that to show their support. They're only just dipping their toe into some of those really simple practicalities and the ones who've done it have gone this is easy There's, and you know we've already got wraps in place so we've already been doing this stuff anyway. Do you think um, though that there might be a fear that it seems to be or would seem to the community be taking a political step where really local governments are meant to be fairly non-political in their approach to social matters? I think because of the fact that the voice is calling so much for support of self-determination and mm. let's face it, Gough Whitlam called for that back in the 70s yeah. and the local governments actually have within the Victorian Aboriginal and local government strategy, they have an absolute ask of them to um, put five-year self-determination local action plans in place. The voice is doing the same thing. It is actually putting that process into action so the thing we do need to look back and peel back the layers is actually to say only out of the 79 local governments that ever got on board with reconciliation action plans only 15 ever did uncle so it is probably this kind of sitting back that we we need to see change and through the voice i truly believe that if the referendum is passed, then all of this will actually get the traction that it needs because we've already got, in Victoria certainly, we've already got the policies, the policy frameworks to support it. Yes, quite right. Now, yep. we're just about to run out of time and I do want to get yep. to some of the initiatives that you as an organisation, and you're a small organisation running on the smell mm. of an oily rag, <laughs> and your local reconciliation groups around the state really do some amazing work with little resources but what initiatives do you currently have planned for the org and also for the satellite groups look i think for us we really are going to be out active as soon as we know that the national campaigns the from the heart campaigns they'll have their week um, of action which will commence from the 18th to the 24th of February, we know that we will look to all of the key stakeholder groups that we've always worked with, those local governments, the schools, the local rec groups, all of the community partners that we have. And we'll, we'll be out strongly basically advocating to understand that, you know, this the constitutional recognition, this invitation that has been put forward, we'll be really strongly promoting that, that invitation as the key opportunity and the time, the time to actually um, make this constitutional change and to put that rightful recognition in our constitution. So we will be working very, very hard. This has been a 20-year journey as far as our organisation goes, but reconciliation supporters have been around a lot longer than that and certainly the people that uh, work within the local rec groups across the state here in Victoria they all are elder voices in there as well in those local rec groups so we see a really strong opportunity with National Rec Week this year with the key theme being be voice be the voices for generations mm. when we look at reconciliation action plans across the state we know that the most reconciliation action plans being developed across the country are in the early years areas 
and we need to strengthen that. So we know that those young voices that want to deep dive into their cultural learning journeys, we need to support those young voices but also pay tribute and recognise all the elder, older generations and fighters that have fought long and hard for this truth, truth-telling. So when we see the Uluru Statement has been an absolute invitation for all of us to come forward and support voice, truth and treaty and that's what it represents and that's what we st we all stand for. So we know that through um, National Rec Week we will then see NAIDOC Week which then again acknowledges our elders. The fight has been long for First Peoples Elders and we really hope that if a referendum is parked for August, we're going to be ready for it. The other thing Reconciliation Victoria has had out for the last two months is our RecVic measuring stick survey. This has been the first time in 20 years we've ever done a statewide survey. We've had close to 2,000 people complete that survey already, Uncle, and we're really excited about the results because those results are going to tell us what community attitudes in Victoria tell us about the state of reconciliation. And will you be and publishing also, those results? Absolutely. We'll provide a link to that. Now, yes. where can people find information about working with a local reconciliation group? On our website, you'll find more details in there, but also just to contact our office. So at the moment, we have a five-member team, a very small team, but all of us have been preparing a lot of literature, both on our Magali website and our RecVic website. We're also launching our RecVic um, membership program. It's a membership platform, which will then also be able to guide you into all of that information about where, how to join a local rec group. And we'll be providing links on the Victorian Aboriginal News website with this particular post to the RecVic website so you can get more information and actually contact this dedicated team at Reconciliation Victoria. Nicole, I know we'll be talking on the podcast again over the coming months because of your relationship with the education system and also, of course, with local governments. There's lots more to talk about and we do want to cover a lot of bases over the coming months. In the meantime, I want to thank you so much indeed for your time and coming onto the podcast and we'll chat soon. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Uncle. For a full transcript of this interview, visit the Victorian Aboriginal News website at vicaboriginalnews.com.au. And if you have any questions you'd like to see dealt with on this podcast or any interviewees in particular you'd like us to speak to, then use our website's Referendum 23 feedback form. We're doing our very best to release two episodes every week and your help is greatly appreciated. If you can subscribe to our newsletter and to this podcast, or at least get a friend to do so, then your assistance is massively appreciated. Until our next episode, stay safe and stay informed. Mm -hmm.